Hi, this is Storm in Tennessee, and you are listening to Juanita Charles on Two Broads Talking Politics. Hey everyone, this is Kelly with Two Broads Talking Politics. I'm on with my co-host Sophie. Hey Sophie. Hey Kelly. And today we're bringing you another episode with someone running for a special election. We're really excited about the special elections around the country. We are talking to Juanita Charles, who is running for state senate in Tennessee in District 22. Hi Juanita. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. So maybe just uh, to, to start, we'd love to hear a little bit about you and your background and why you've decided to run for the state Senate. Awesome. So again, my name is Juanita Charles. I'm running for Tennessee State Senate District 22. That encompasses Montgomery County, Stewart County, and Houston County. Right now, I live in Montgomery County, Clarksville, Tennessee, and I've been here since 2005. Uh, I was in the Army and I got stationed at Fort Campbell. My husband was also active duty Army, and we got stationed at Fort Campbell in 2005. When we left the Army, we just decided to stay in this area. We really liked the area. So I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia. My husband is from Brooklyn, New York, and so we chose Clarksville, Tennessee to be our home and the place that we raise our family. I have been in real estate since 2009, been an active full-time real estate agent since 2009, and a large part of what I do is what I plan to do when I take the Senate seat is really just talking to people, hearing from people, and figuring out what their needs are, except, you know, with the state senate seat, I'll be able to actually do more about it. But, you know, but that's a large part of just what I do anyway, is just getting out, talking to people, meeting with people. So, yeah, my husband and I, we've been married, uh, it'll be 14 years in July, and we have three daughters, Javade, Tiana, and Zaria, and they are 10, 12, and 5 months. Five-month-old, that's brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is definitely the word for it. Definitely the word for it. So, you know, it, it can be a lot, but I will say like my husband is amazing. So we don't have to do like childcare. My husband is also a realtor. So our, our schedules are kind of flexible. So what we do is we just kind of pass the baby back and forth, depending on who's got what. <laughs> so it just kind of works out like that. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so sometimes we take the babies to meet, you know, take the baby to meet new clients or whatever it may be. And most people understand. Most people don't have an issue with it. So, so yeah, so it works out pretty well. Excellent. So you told us a little bit about the area of Tennessee where you are, you know, in terms of what, what towns and counties are there. Can you talk a little bit about what this district is like, though? What are What are the kinds of jobs that people do there? What are the things that they're concerned about? So I live in Clarksville, which is in District 22 in Montgomery County. And um, so Montgomery County is very diverse. We are very close to Fort Campbell Army Base, which is right on the other side of the line. We live right basically on the Kentucky-Tennessee line right there. But we have a lot of factories. We have some, a couple of different industries, but uh, a lot of the work that people do is like factories. We have Austin Peay State University right here in town, which is an awesome college that, uh, you know, of course, they got a lot of great graduates that go on to do amazing things and uh, a lot that stay in the community. So Stewart and Houston County are more rural. We have, I think Aaron might be the biggest city in Houston County. And then Dixon is probably the biggest city and the most up and coming city in Stewart County. So overall, it's still pretty rural. But I think the next biggest city outside of Clarksville might be Dixon, if we're looking at, you know, all of District 22. 
So we have uh, we have amazing school systems. We have, you know, again, we have a very diverse population, which is a part of the reason why we decided to stay here. But, you know, we're a growing metro- metropolitan area, one of the fastest growing cities as far as Clarksville, one of the fastest growing cities in Tennessee, and probably, I think, the top 10 in the country, if I'm not mistaken, according to something that came out from New York Times at the beginning of the middle of last year, actually. You had mentioned that you're a veteran, I believe the Army, and mm-hmm. so I, I would suppose that that would give you kind of like an insight into veterans' issues. So I wanted you to, I was wondering if you could like talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of your service and how that like, you know, maybe shapes the things you plan to do in office and sort of what you'd like to see Tennessee do for veterans. Yes. So, yes, yeah, so I'm an Army veteran. My husband is also an Army veteran. I think when we talk about the state of Tennessee and what they do for veterans, they definitely make an effort, but I would like to see just a little more, and I would like to see it focused in the right areas. So I think there's a couple of misconceptions about veterans and uh, and what we have available to us when we leave uh, armed services or active duty. So I did not retire from the military, and a lot of us, when we leave the military, we, you know, we didn't do 20 years, so we didn't get the full retirement. And so what happens is a lot of people believe that once you leave the Army or you get all of these benefits, you know, you have free health care, you have this, you have that, and that's actually not true. So I think the, one of my main priorities once I get into office will be health care. So Tennessee is one of the unhealthiest states, and we have over 450,000 people who have no access to, to quality health care. And so that would be if we could expand Medicaid, which is which is the most common sense and logical way for us to get access for those 450,000 people that don't have it. Um, once we do that, that will have a tremendous effect on the veteran population because a lot of people don't realize that most of us veterans, we actually get our health care through Medicaid, not just for ourselves, but for our families. If you tend to be, um, if you fall into the category of a disabled veteran, then you can get health care from, from Veteran Affairs, so from VA but your family's not eligible for that care. What happens is a lot of people, if they themselves get health care from the VA, then their families will still be covered by Medicaid. And so if we expand that, if we expand Medicaid and, and take the government, the federal government up on their offer, you know, to pay 90% of the cost, then we will be able to help not only, you know, the general population, but we'll be able to help those veterans and their families um, as far as obtaining health care. Um, that, so right now, one of the biggest issues that we have is we have 22 prime military per day committing suicide. So that, and, and maybe you've seen that, but they say, you know, it's 22 per day. So that is definitely a mental health issue that's not being addressed among veterans. And I think if we're able to expand Medicaid and get that care that we need, that would include mental health care as well. And I think we'll be able to hopefully curb the, the rate of suicide among the veteran population. So in Tennessee, in the state Senate, uh, it's an extreme supermajority Republican right now. And this mm-hmm. district was previously represented by a Republican. He went on to become a U.S. congressman. So what is sort of your your strategy, your roadmap for winning in this district, uh, winning a district that has previously been held by a Republican and flipping it to be a Democratic seat? Well, the good thing about that is prior to that Republican holding it, a Democrat held it. Mm. Yeah, his his name is Tim Barnes, and we've actually we've actually talked a couple times, and he's just you know been encouraging me along the way. So right now, my strategy is realistically just to get my people out. Right. So we want to focus mm-hmm. on the people who who think like me, who believe in going with common sense answers and 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 making sure that we take care of everybody. Um, and I just kind of want to reach out to those people, let them know, number one, that there's a special special election even happening and then energize them and motivate them to get out to the polls. 
so that's the really the the crux of it because in our area we are about 60 it's like 60 to 65 percent republican versus you know 35 percent more or less uh, democrat and so special elections are notorious for low voter turnout so the so the best thing that I could do is just get my people out because it and just my people and make sure I focus on them because if, if everybody came out to vote the numbers just would not work in my favor so that's just kind of um, kind of what we're doing I want to let people know exactly who I am and a hundred percent what I'm about because I'm an open book and I'm very transparent I'm very you know so and I think because of that and because I have a lot of friends in the real estate industry maybe they are Republicans usually but they know me and they know what I'm about and you know and I kind of talk politics with from everybody so I've you know I've got a lot of those people who are who are planning to support me or have told me that they will support me anyway just because they know the type of person I am and who I am but outside of you know those people that I know personally is I'm not going to make a plan of it to go around and try to flip Republicans or try to change you know people who are maybe extreme right or wherever they may fall, try to change their their mind. What I want to do is focus on people who are who already believe in what I'm what I'm saying, who already believe in what I stand for, and then just get them out to the polls. Looks like you might have a a little bit of uh, an advantage in that you are the only Democrat running and there are still four Republicans who are vying for the Republican primary. So you can sort of be on the ground (laughs) getting people ready for, uh, for the general special election. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, it's so quick. We are actually in early voting for the primary right now. Hmm. So the primary election will be March 7th and then our general election will be April 23rd. So it's really, really, really fast. The Republicans, I think, yeah, there's four, four of them and then we have two independents and I'm the only Democrat. So yeah. So I definitely have the advantage as far as going into the uh, to the primary portion. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like I'm just I'm I'm out every day. Like I would I would say probably literally every day I have one to two events at least. I think Saturday had three or four events, but you know I'm out anywhere that the people are and trying to talk to people, um, and you know and just let them know who I am and 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 hopefully they're on board. We we're doing meet and greets. You know, just being out wherever the people are, trying to trying to connect and trying to talk to as many people as possible. For our listeners who care about getting more women <laughs> as representatives, mm-hmm. and I hope that 100% of our listeners do care about that, Tennessee mm-hmm. is really, really bad in terms of female representation. I think it's something like 15% of the representatives are women, uh, which seems extremely problematic. <laughs> That that sounds that sounds very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for our listeners who both care about flipping seats back to Democrats and care about getting more women representatives, what are some of the ways that that people from around the country can be helping out with your race? So, we are doing phone and text banks. So, phone banks. It used to be that you'd have to do them in person, but now you don't have to do that anymore. So you can actually go to my website at uh, charlesforsenate.com slash volunteer, or you can go to the website and you'll see the volunteer thing and you can sign up. And my volunteer organizer, when we have phone banks and things, she can send you the information and you can actually phone bank from your house. So what that is, is you're basically calling our Democrats or whoever it is, the strong Democrats, and just basically letting them know about the special election and encouraging them to come out and vote. Same thing with the tech banks. And then money, you know, just, just, just to be frank, money. So I am, um, 
I'm not a, a politician. This is my first time ever running for office, and I was not even 100% prepared for the amount of money that it takes <laughs> to run. And so we need as, as, as much help as we can get. So any contributions would be, I mean, more than appreciated. Somebody sent me $3 the other day, and I almost cried because I figured, you know, that's mm-hmm. probably probably all that they could give, and they thought enough about me to give it to me. And that was just, it was, I'm just grateful. Um, so it's uh, on my website, charlesforsenate.com. There is a donate button and you can click that and you can give, you know, and contribute to the to the campaign as well. Um, but really just spreading the, spreading the message far and wide, any information that we have. So we're on Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So any place that you see me on social media, it's Charles for Senate. And on Twitter, it's Charles for Senate with the number four, because it wouldn't let me make it as long <laughs> with the guy. I had too many characters. But uh, but any information that you see, if you want to uh, share it, spread it, you know, let your friends and family know. And just know, you know, for the state of Tennessee, yes, I will be representing District 22. But no, whatever bills and laws that I bring to pass will, will cover the entire state of Tennessee. I just want to stand up and do what's right for the and be the voice of the people for for Tennessee. So I'm sure your five-month-old has no idea what's going on, but how do your older daughters feel about you running for office? They seem to be pretty excited, and they're they're, they're <laughs> on board. I think I think it was more exciting at first because it was like, oh, you're going to do this thing, but now it's like, okay, you're never here. What like what's happening? You know, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's getting to be a lot, but you know, and, and it is a sacrifice. But you know, we all just kind of keep in mind that it's it's for the greater good, and you know, it's not always about us and. And, you know, once once we uh, once we get elected then we can kind of get a little, you know, get a little breather and then it's time to go get to work. But my daughters are, are, I mean, extremely proud, which is awesome. And one thing that I tell a lot of people, you know, the truth of the matter is representation matters. So whether you mm-hmm. are a minority, whether you're a woman, whether you're a young person, just seeing somebody do something that maybe you didn't think was possible for you is, a, is enough to just kind of let you know that you shouldn't limit yourself. Well, yep. So I'm just kind of, I'm just excited. I've um, even come across a couple, you know, college students recently that was, you know, they're just like, well, you inspire us. And I'm like, I'm so grateful and so humbled by, you know, all of this stuff that I hear. Cause I'm just a regular, <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mom. I've got a small business. I'm a wife, you know, we just, I'm just a member of the community, just kind of stepping out and doing what I thought was right. As far as, you know, you, sometimes you, you see something that needs to be done and you don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. You just step up and do it. That's what I tell my girls all the time. And so that's what I'm planning to, you know, well, that's what I'm doing now um, as far as just leading by example and just letting them know if there is something that you want to do, you don't have to wait for somebody else. You you can do it. Just do it. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know that we haven't covered? So the election is April 23rd um, with early mm-hmm. voting from April 3rd to April 18th. Um, you know, it is it is uh, for State Senate District 22 covering Montgomery, Stewart and Houston County. Um, I think one of the most significant things about this race is, you know, while we have a lot of people running, I will say that I am not just in the community. I'm with the community, if that makes sense. I've lived here since 2005, and my kids have gone to public school here. I was a soldier here in this community. When I left the Army, you know, I made that difficult transition from military to civilian life, and I was actually, you know, a military wife at the time. And then, you know, when my husband got out, we were a completely civilian household, and we had times where we struggled. You know, we, we, we worked sometimes without enough pay. Sometimes we went without health insurance or whatever it may have been because we're just regular people like everybody else. You know, we started started this uh, real estate business in 2009, and it was kind of like a little bit of a struggle getting it off the ground, you know, but we, we've done well. 
And I say that to say, you know, even during that time we were, you know, we went to college actually. My husband and I both went back to college and we got our degrees, you know, and I and I say all of that to say we've seen different aspects of life living here in District 22. You know, we've struggled, we've been soldiers, we've done well, we've all of that. And I think all of the roles that I have played during that time has helped me to have a better perspective of what life is like in District 22 for different people, not just for people that I hang out with, not just for people when I see when I go here or there, for everybody, you know, so whether they are, you know, high income earners or they are of a lower socioeconomic class, like I'm here to represent everybody because I've been there. I've been there. I've seen it. I've done that. And I just want to make sure that everybody here has a better opportunity to to, to just live their best life. I want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to have the best quality of life possible. I love it. We'll put your information up on our website, and I hope people will help out your campaign. These special elections are so, so important, and it's really important that we help get the word out and make sure Democrats turn out to vote. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Two Broads Talking Politics. Our theme song is called Are You Listening? off of the album Elephant-Shaped Trees by the band Immunuri, and we're using it with permission of the band. Our logo and other original artwork is by Matthew Wethlin and was created for use by this podcast.